What's going on, everybody? This is your host, BJ Parker, and this is the Making the Turn Podcast. going on everybody welcome back to the podcast we're at another episode of making the turn and i'm your host bj parker and i appreciate you joining me today uh listening uh, wherever you are wherever you're uh, driving around or doing um uh we're just trying to bring knowledge to the green industry i'm hoping to build this podcast to something and it's been a little bit of time away but uh, we're back and uh, i've got a fun guest with me today uh, i'm looking forward to this interview been wanting to get him on uh just in general just uh looking forward to a lot of great conversation about a course that's uh hitting the area pretty big i've got uh the golf course superintendent at sweetens cove brent roberson how you doing man pretty good bj good to be here how are you man i'm good i think uh i appreciate you uh willing to do this and sit down and i know we had uh we've had to work out some details but we're still in the great area of south pittsburgh right close by and i wish you know we uh could get out and see the course but i know it's uh gonna be a lot of fun to talk about it yeah, it's busy right now. Yeah, um, Friday of Memorial Day weekend, and yeah, there's not a cart left. So it's good that we're out of there. Actually, it's a madhouse right now. So how so has the play been pretty good for you down it, there? It's been huge. Yeah, uh, especially since the the new ownership has taken over. Um, we've seen a dramatic increase in play and uh, a lot of traffic. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's good. We need it. Yeah, you know, from where we started and where we're at now, it's, it's, it's really on the uptick, and that's good stuff. Well, I'd love to get into some of the new ownership, but when did they? Uh, when so when did all that take place? Well, I'm not sure, not exactly sure on a specific date, but it was the same Friday of the Ringer tournament. Yeah, um, don't have my calendar with me, but that's uh, all right. yeah, it was that Friday. And that's when I met everybody and we kind of walked around and, and discussed the future. Um, it was really preliminary there. And, you know, since then we've, we've come up with a little bit of a plan on moving forward. Uh, right now we don't have a putting green. Yeah. So, uh, that's kind of one of the first things we're going to do. We're going to add that and, um, just a few other things. And then, you know, the possibilities down the road are, We'll see how it goes, um, but uh, that's what we're going to start with, yeah. hopefully soon, uh, for the grass's sake. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun. I'm 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 looking forward to it, especially from where we started. Sure, you know because you know getting out there in the beginning, it was pretty rough. Yeah, and um, you know moving forward, it's nice to nice to see something like this and this this ownership is going to be a huge shot in the arm and we're going to we're going to do as much as we can turf wise to enhance it and 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 make it better you know for when people come back and they right. see it and they see you know a few things that we've done to 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 move the process along i mean they're just i'm ready to go right you know it, it's 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 just let me at it right well so I, i've been on the property several different times and i and i i think it's fabulous it's it's different it's unique but for those that don't know a lot about sweetens cove talk a little bit about some of the 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 characteristics of it what makes it unique why is it getting such publicity 
Uh, I know there, you know, you can go into great detail about the green complexes and some mm-hmm. of the ideas and structures behind everything, but just share a little bit about Sweden's Cove, its story, its history, and sort of, sort of what stands out as a, is sort of the hot golf course in the middle Tennessee area or well, East Tennessee. I guess we're still, <laughs> are we technically in East Tennessee? This is East Tennessee. Yeah. East yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just unique with the contours and the native look to it. We're really going for the natural feel um, of a golf course. I mean, obviously we got short grass, we got the fairways and tees and approaches and greens all cut down. But the, I think the real look of the golf course comes from the bunkering and the native grasses. And I'll be the first to tell you that, I mean, right now I'm not able to maintain the natives like I want. Yeah. In the summer, they get pretty high. But I think for the guy that's not been there or, or, or woman that's not been there, I think just the beauty and the way it sits. And then as you go play, you mentioned the greens complexes. I mean, they're they're just so dramatic yeah. and, and it really takes you a couple of times playing it to really kind of grasp, okay, you know, I probably need to run the ball up or, or use that backboard or, you know, play to the right and let it funnel down. And, yeah. and uh, I think that's why people like it because after the second or third time they play it and they've played different pins and different locations they realize it's not as hard as it looks yeah. you know there it's if you just use the land and and play it that way um it's not that bad yeah. and and i think though if if we're talking about like the features that bring people back it's probably the greens complexes the just the natural naturalness of the native and the bunkering and the way it sits in the valley so when you hit shots up into the mountain it just it yeah. looks really neat yeah in the fall it's my favorite you know you're hitting it up and the, the leaves have changed and you know the it's i just i just think it sits in a good canvas there you right. know for and rob did an amazing job i mean huge credit to him for just his mind yeah. i mean some of the things out there you're just like how did he think of that right but, um i think that's the thing just the natural feel of the golf course well it, it Correct me if I'm wrong, but it the you you don't have really a rough out there. Pretty much everything's mowed at the same height, that's other right. than the native grasses that you talk about, and that's basically surrounds the bunkers and some wayward areas and mm-hmm. things like that. But from what I remember, everything is kind of one height of cut. That's right. Yeah, you know, our fairways are right now they're at 500. Yeah, I matched that in with the surrounds at 450 with a triplex, and I I mowed the tees with that same mower. I only have three mowers. <laughs> yeah. I have a fairway mower, a tee approach mower, and a greens mower. Yeah. I mean, I have some walk mowers that were used before uh, during grow-in and whatnot, but uh, I don't use them. Yeah. Um, I, I just I don't have a large enough crew. I mean, I have three acres I spray of greens, and it's nine holes. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just nine holes, man, you know? Yeah. Well, it's three acres of greens, and you think about it, Let's just use Signal Mountain, for example. I mean, they've got smaller average size greens, so it's harder for me to keep in front of play. Right. So you got one greens more and it's going. I mean, I couldn't imagine walk mowing. But, um, so you do, you do ride mow your greens because that's, right. that's almost something I would, I would be like, wow, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Um, I guess you got to. I mean, 
to keep a. I mean, I think the ride mowers have gotten really good. So I, I don't know what you what what, what oh, mower yeah. are you are you it's, using? It's the Triflex. Yep. Um, it's a hybrid. Yeah. Um, there's no hydraulic on it. It's actually, yeah, it's 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 all electric really. Um, and yeah, it's done good. You know, we get a little bit of a hump on the edges on some of the really severe false fronts from sand and yeah. and the way that mower pushes down on that edge. But um, yeah, I've I've got three mowers and that's that's what we've used. But here in August, we're doubling it. Yeah. So we're getting two greens mowers. And Two T mowers and uh, another fairway mower. That's going to help out a bunch. You're, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the turnover's been tough, just like any golf course superintendent. It's, sure. It's hard to keep good operators. Um, but I think I got a pretty decent crew in place, and right now it's it's a lot of teaching. Yeah. Um, because they're green. Yeah. And, um, but um, yeah, I think with the new lease and the influx, a little bit of capital money. We're going to be able to do some good things. Yeah. yeah. Well, for those of uh, people that haven't seen the golf course, I, I'm going to try to describe as best I can the greens. But they are a mixture of a lot of hills and valleys. They're very undulated. They have some flat areas, pinnable locations. Mm -hmm. uh, but from best I can remember, uh, there's a lot of non-pinnable locations. So mm -hmm. what do you consider like the average – Green. I mean, the greens. You said you have three acres of green space, but what are for the average green? What do you say you have as far as pinnable locations? Is it more than what most people would think? Because if when you see them for the first time, you're like, this is not an ordinary green complex. I mean, you just really got to see it to understand it. Right. But and, and and we're not going to do it a whole lot of justice on over a podcast. But uh, it's one of the unique features down there. And but talk a little bit more about how you choose whole locations and some of the the uniqueness of that. Well, I really take pride in that. That's I, I'm a golfer, have been for a while. Uh, I enjoy the game. Um, I spray three acres. It's it's technically like one, like one twenty, hundred twenty thousand yeah. square feet, um, somewhere in there. Um, but um, pinnable areas. I mean, going through each hole, they're all different. But um, there's quadrants. I would call them. And whenever I'm setting up, I try and obviously on just a weekly basis, I'm just moving it into different locations. Right. But if there's a tournament or, or a skill type that's coming out, say it's a better player, I'll give them a harder pin, you know. And, and right now we have two pins on each green, so I've got a little more freedom. Sure. When I started, I was really trying to make it easy using backboards and getting people to come back and um but over time now with the two pin system i make one easy and i make one hard and um it's given me more freedom and i've actually found more spots and i play and it's all about green speed you know if you get them too fast they're gonna be impossible in some areas but um i think on the average green i mean Number seven is our smallest green, and I only have maybe four to five spots in that one. Yeah. So I really have to be careful with, with moving them with two pins. Right. But, I mean, number four is 20,000 square feet. and I was going to ask you about that one. Yeah, that's king. Um, yeah. It is, I don't know, we got one in the very far back. We got another one in the hollow, another one on the left hollow. Now I've got a new pin over in a little plateau on the on the back right 
coming forward into the green. There's one in the middle. There's one on the finger on the right. There's another one I've created on the the front left knob. And there's like four along the front. Everybody loves those because it's like a 115-yard shot. Yeah. But, but, you know, you get it in that very far back, that's a 185-yard shot. And it's a serpent green. I mean, it, it it's almost like the Himalaya greens, you yeah. know, like – it turns from the left down around to the right and there's false fronts on that side on the right. And then it comes back around to the left and there's another false front on that <laughs> left. And then on the back, there's another uh, runoff area yeah. that goes down into near a catch basin. But um, so back to front on that green, how, how far is it I yardage wise? Cause I, it's, you said it was 115 to 185? Yeah, it's it's, it's got to be. I would say from the very front of the green. I haven't ever lasered it sure. or, or know for exactly, but I would say from the front to the very back, I'd say it's pretty close to 90 yards. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you could be on the front of the green and the back and have to hit a full yeah. sandwich. Yeah, I double verticutted last, or two weeks ago, and it took me uh, a little over two hours. <sighs> Yeah, it's a big one. That, I mean, you know, when you got one green, it's twenty thousand square feet. There you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's that, that's some of the uniqueness of that of this place. That it's just it, you got to see it to believe it. And, you do. And, and, you and really do. It. You know, the overall the link doesn't. It's not long. It's not a long, not long golf at course. All. You've got some. I think a couple of maybe possible drivable par fours, and you know, mm-hmm. what's the one? Uh, is it three or no five? Maybe that has yeah. kind of the unique signature bunker that's kind of in mm-hmm. the green there. Yep. Yeah, yep. number five's probably, in my opinion, the best hole on the golf course. Yeah. Um, but every time I try and drive the green or go for the green, I make a bogey. Yeah. But every time I just hit an iron out there, I've got 100 yards in, it's it's a birdie hole, yep. you know. Um, so there's a lot of those where you're like, oh, I can get to the green here. And, and most of the time, you're better off just laying up. Yeah. And then you got a better angle to the approach and, and – um, but that that green complex is really neat because it's like a horseshoe, and that horseshoe's around the bunker you're talking about, right. and then we call it the devil's asshole. <laughs> uh, you do not want to be in that bunker. It's got it's tons of weeds around it, and then the native grasses, and it's just a bad spot. And yeah. it's right there in the middle of the green, and the the two false fronts come around it, almost creates a horseshoe. Sure. Yeah. So let's back up a little bit and talk uh, talk about how you got here to Sweetens Cove. I know we talked prior to that you're you know you came from Florida. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about you, how you ended up here, and sort of your path to how how that's come, and then like how long you've been here and some of the things you've seen over the over the years. Well, I grew up here. Um, I grew up in Sequatchie County. Went to Sequatchie County High School. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then um, you know through life, I I had a, a scholarship to play golf at Tennessee Tech. Went up there and played for a year and didn't go to school and, you know, yeah. drank too much and you know how yeah, it is true. when you're young. Oh, yeah. And uh, screwed that up. So went to work in Chattanooga at UPS and then eventually made my way to uh, Pinehurst in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, I credit my mom for this. She kind of was pushing me to do something I enjoyed. And, we, you know, I always worked um, where I grew up. There was a course called Mount Airy and uh, – I did carts for them when I was 15 and 16 and, and then did a little help with the maintenance staff too. And I yeah. really liked it, you know, being outside. And 
So that kind of got me a little bit into the business. And of course, I play golf. And then, uh, so yeah, I went to Pinehurst on a whim and just, I, I signed up for uh, classes at Sand Hills Community College. Yeah. Um, took turf classes there. And we were, we were required to work 20 hours a week while we went to school. So had 17 hours of school and 20 hours of work. And that was a good week. You know, yeah. you get out, you do your morning assignments, sure. and then you go to class for the rest of the day. And, and a lot of good golf courses. Yeah. You know, worked at Pine Needles. Um, my roommate was on number two. And, uh, yeah, so we played a lot of good golf out there. Donald Ross was all over the place. And yeah. I love Donald Ross, oh, man. He's a fan of mine, too. Yeah. Big I'm, time. I'm a big fan. So got done with school and moved to South Florida. Uh, I had a friend of mine, Alan Brown, that worked at Seminole Golf Club. And I got in contact with him. And I really wanted to work at Seminole, but uh, they didn't take interns. And that's what I was when I got the last semester of school was an internship. Sure. And our internship was in the winter. So it was really tough to get anything around here because right. there wasn't much going on. Right. And so we or I decided to to go to Florida, talk to Alan, and he got me in contact with a guy named Kurt Von Hoffen. Kurt works with Harold's now in North Carolina. I hadn't talked to him in a while, but... Yeah. Uh, He's the one that really got me uh, in a good spot down there. I started working for John Ketta Heinrich at the Bears Club. And that was Jack's home course. And um, it's in Jupiter. And I started there as an intern and loved it. Yeah. And uh, as soon as I graduated, I, I, I signed up full time. Started as a foreman, moved my way up. And that was a really good start for me because they – they had everything you needed as a superintendent. You know, I got to see the right way to do everything. Right. And uh, for me in this business, you know, once you see the proper way to do things and learn that, there's ways to get through it without everything you need. Right. But, I mean, I think that was big for me and my career to really have everything needed yeah. to do your job and and um worked there 10 years yeah. you know for john um the last seven or no the last eight i was an assistant um worked my way up and um it was a good spot yeah and when i got there there was a lot of pros we had Bryony and Bryony baird dudley hart robert allenby and then luke donald came and then ernie ells and list goes on i think they've got like 40 now yeah you know um, so it's a popular spot yeah 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 and it was kind of neat seeing those guys every day practicing yeah rory hitting golf balls that guy mashes <laughs> he's unbelievable uh, his ball flight and the way yeah. he hits a golf ball but um so yeah 10 years into it i end up taking a job at uh boca woods in in boca raton I was in charge of the woods course. There was two courses there, um, the woods and the lakes. And I was a big fan of, of that type of golf and uh, ended up moving quickly to Bear Lakes Country Club, which was in uh, West Palm Beach. <laughs> and they had a lot of the tour qualifying back in the day. Yeah. And um, I wasn't there long either until I saw something on TurfNet. Just kind of skimming around, you know how we do. Sure. And uh, there was something in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, which was 45 minutes from my house. And I always wanted to come back. It was just really hard. Right. 
I'm, you've been in this area. You understand how it works. It's really hard to just plug in to a golf course in Tennessee. Yeah. And um, there was an opening, Sweetens Cove Golf Club, paying 35K. And uh, I was like, oh, gosh, you know, that's not a lot of money. But uh, it's closer to family yeah. and uh, friends. And I came up. I think it was during a holiday. I think it was close to Christmas. And um, I just made a trip of it, you know, took a little vacation and at the same time came and interviewed for the job right. with Rob. It was eight degrees <laughs> and, it was, and it was like three inches of snow on the ground, I yeah. remember. And uh, I met him at the Cracker Bow right across the street here. And uh, we had breakfast, he and Patrick Boyd, the GM. And we just sat down and we were talking about things and it's like, yeah, we got mini Verde. And I said, oh, okay, I've managed that for 12 years, you sure. know, and, uh, you know, we went out in, in Rob's Volvo and we were driving around on three inches of snow <laughs> in the cart paths. You should see the way Rob drives. Uh, he's a maniac. <laughs> I've seen his golf courses. So <laughs> I, I, I can nah, imagine. He's a good guy. Yeah. He, but, um, so we go out and we're riding through and I get out and I'm trying to kind of see what we're working with. I can see the contours, sure. you know, and, and I'm like, okay, this is totally different than what used to be here. In high school golf, I played that same golf course and yeah. it was just a flat, you know, bathtub. I yeah. mean, it was really wet and it's in a floodplain. Um, and um, so <laughs> we're out in the snow and it's the winds just howling eight degrees and we get out and um one of the tarps had blown off of one of the greens and eight degrees um but anyway uh i took the job and it was a tough move because i mean i, I was stable sure. you know and working for john and and being at the bears club was really good for me because i mean obviously John's a great guy. I don't know if anybody listening to this knows who that is, but I mean, he's one of the best superintendents that I've ever worked for. And I, I would put him up there with anybody. Yeah. Um, he, he was able to go from a course in Minnesota, Interlochen and go to South Florida and never miss a beat. Sure. And working for the toughest guy to work for in the business, Jack Nicholas yeah. right there on his golf course. And, he did a fabulous job and taught me a lot. And um, is he still there? Yes, he yeah, he's still there. Yeah. Um, we get a lot of people listening, so hopefully, shout out. Fabulous to club, yeah. man. I mean, shoot, yeah. I can't say enough. But um, so yeah, I, I, Rob offers me the job, and of course, I counter. I get a little more money, and then you know, I take it. Sure. And get started, and it was tough in the beginning, going from that to this. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've got a, a ferry mower, a triplex, two triplexes, one for greens and one's for, one's for tees and approaches. And I'll go, <laughs> the crew wasn't great, you yeah. know, and it, it was one of those things like Rob mentioned, you know, during the interview. Um, you know, our mechanic, he's good. I want you to give him a chance. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. like, give him a chance. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what does that mean? Right. So I move up. Uh, get all my stuff, sell and put my house for sale, move up, start work. And it was in March, early March. So my, he already had some flowable Ronstar out in the, in the chem room. So went ahead, got that out immediately. And, um, 
it was different because you know in south florida it's it's you're growing year round yeah you know you don't have those dormant fairways or greens or you're not tarpon greens right um so yeah immediately got that out first day of work there was two no three guys showed up and you know let me stop you for a minute did you were you replacing someone or or did they did they not have anybody in place or how to so how did the job well you you speak a little bit about yeah yeah sure um it was owned by Sequatchie Concrete, uh, who's it's a local company here, and they do a lot of work. Um, they built the golf course with it Rob. Was, what was the form? It was Sequatchie Valley. Is that what? Sequatchie Valley Golf and Country yeah, Club? That was what it was mm-hmm. before Suites. Yeah. Yep. And uh, these concrete guys owned it, and they wanted to do something with it, and they brought Rob in, and he designed this thing. And uh, you know, they got to a certain point, and they said, "We're done. You know, we're we're not." We're not spending any more money on this, right? You know, and um, it's typical. <laughs> that's where Rob came in. He didn't. It was his. It was his first one, you know, and he he spent a lot of time on it, right? And and, and sweat and probably tears, but um, he took it over. They gave him a deal on the lease. It was he was practically paying nothing. They wanted to see it take off too, sure. obviously, and um, so. Rob took over and uh, he did, he had a, he had a, another guy in there. Um, and I don't know what happened there, but, um, didn't work out, I guess. And, um, when I got there, it was pretty, pretty rough. Um, you know, there was a little winter kill here and there, spring dead spot and lots of weeds. Right. Um, you know, we had POA everywhere on the greens. Luckily it's Bermuda though, you know, so you can, you can spray it. You can deal with that. Yep. And so, you know, right away, I did a lot of spraying. And uh, the greens with the POA, I sprayed Monument. And um, a couple laps, and they were good, yeah. you know. And you, there was, the fifth green, the, the whole middle of that green was dead. And so they had an insurance policy with the golf course, and the insurance paid for it. And, you know, we were able to take pictures, bring them out. And show them what had happened, right. and uh, that we actually had a tarp there. You know, there's uh, there's pictures still of where this blew off, and we had um, some boards out there to hold down on the edges, and those were still green. So I mean, it was obvious right. that you know that the tarp had blown off. So we we sodded that the first year, and it's you know it's grown in fine, and uh, yeah, just there was just a lot of that. Um, I don't know. You just got to work through yeah. um, with our business. I'm, I know you're familiar with it. Sure. And whenever you have a problem, a lot of times you don't know immediately what to do. Right. But as soon as you start working with it and, and dealing with it, it starts to fall in and you're like, okay, all right. And you communicate and ping off of other people working with you. And then, then it's, you just got to fix the problem. Yeah. And uh, early on, we were we were doing a lot of band aids and and stuff that uh, I wouldn't recommend right. as far as 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 the maintenance of a golf course. But over time, you know, I developed a decent crew. I mean, I'm getting a lot of turnover, but uh, you just got to keep teaching, you yeah. know. And 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 with our business, every day you're there, and and every day is different. 
And, and the hardest thing for me when I got to this golf course was understanding that I can't do it all. Um, I was able to do that before. Sure. I mean, shoot, we're out there, you know, hand sanding divots that players in fairways, right. you know, and, and, and that was one of the jobs we had. We would take scissors and trim every irrigation head. We'd send four or five guys out to do that. Right. You know, I've got four or five guys, yeah. you know, and, and so you, you're not going to be able to be that detailed. So the priorities are so important. Right. And I think anyone would agree that that scheduling and having the priority set to where you know what number one and number two are every day and you need to get as many knocked out as you can. And tomorrow's going to be exactly the opposite, possibly. Right. You know, but as long as you keep your head and and know what you need to do you're going to be okay yep. you're going to you're going to see progress eventually yeah of course there's going to be floods and there's going to be things that you can't control but as long as you know what you need to do you're going to be fine yeah and and i think a lot of superintendents know that and understand that and um i think this country could probably learn a lot from that you know yeah. and, and and i don't know it's just me but like being scheduled and having everything right in front of me Knowing what I need to do on a daily basis is big for me and, and, and what I do. One of the purposes of, that I started this podcast on was to not only to get people to know guys in our industry and specifically in the Tennessee area now, but it's to also offer help to guys who may be dealing with something. If they're listening to this and they're in a situation where they're dealing with sim you know, similar situations, I want them to be encouraged by guys like yourself mm -hmm. or whoever I speak to that, hey, man, it's not always the the big clubs that are just getting you know things done. I mean, you, everybody's dealing with certain circumstances. Your mm -hmm. situation is is unique to you, and you have to build a plan for you. And it sounds like I mean, you've taken a lot of really good knowledge from some high end places and tried to adapt that knowledge with a lot of challenges that you yeah. have to uh, to sort of work through. And that's a that's what every up-and-coming up guy who wants to be an assistant or a superintendent needs to hear is, mm -hmm. you know, go spend time working at a place that you don't have to struggle with those things. But if you ever find yourself in a situation where you can hone in those skills and prioritize, then you're going to be way better off in the long run, and you're going to be, you're going to be able to see incremental improvements mm -hmm. on your golf course. Because I, I don't know, I've never, I'm like you, I've, I worked at the high ends and, and sort of worked my way back into building up and looking at things from, hey, how can we accomplish this? So mm -hmm. I think you're that's, you're right. I don't know what it's like to work in a, just at a place where you never, never really experienced being able to do what you needed to do to get the job done. So for those guys that are listening, I mean, I, I sympathize with you. I don't know that perspective. But if you think about being, you know, maybe, you know, looking at things from what's your priority and focusing on those in, instead right. of instead of sort of uh, organized chaos, you'll get you'll get you'll start making some big improvements. You have to, and I'll go back to Kurt again. You know, when I got in the business, I wasn't very organized, but Kurt, man, he had his calendar out. He had it just ready to go. Yeah, and I, I mean, he he was different. I was a more do it type, but that I noticed that that organization really helped him out being prepared sure and and you i think with our business you know both of those go hand in hand 
Um, if, if you do your homework and you are prepared for every day and even on your ride in, yeah. you know, kind of expecting what might, might happen, you know, what could go wrong or, you know, what you need to improve on. And I really try and teach my crew as much as I can. Um, they need to understand why they're doing things and, and, a lot of times they're just there to get a paycheck. And I understand that sure. we're all trying to make a living, but if you can somehow find a way to get them to really understand and grasp each task they take on, it'll help you out. Yeah. And, and, and they're going to be more willing to learn. And, and, you know, whenever you do have some downtime or, you know, you got a rain day or, or some extra time, you know, a, a large tournament going out, spend some time teaching but also don't be a boss you know be more of a a leader yeah you know and, and kind of show them how to do it yeah. and and continue to do it even when you don't want to yeah. you know and and it's 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 easy to say that yeah. you know but i mean you've you really got to set an example with what we do because they're gonna they're gonna be more apt to help you out and work for you and and kind of do their job the right way yeah, I was told a long time ago that personnel will be your biggest heartache and your greatest joy, mm -hmm. and no matter what you're doing. And and then our business, it is more evident than ever. I mean, you just deal with a lot of personalities. You deal with guys who got things going on. Like you said, they're just they just need to work and make a paycheck. Um, you know, you've got a lot of mentality, and not not everybody shares the passion and commitment no. that you, that the superintendent or this or even assistants have. And and if you can get them to buy into that on some level when they're there, then you're going to be better off for Absolutely. it. And I think that's that's a huge uh, from a superintendent leadership standpoint. I mean, that is big. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can be the guy that goes out and does everything and and sort of gets in the trenches with everybody and they'll appreciate you for doing that. But if you can't guide them and teach them and lead them, then you're just <laughs> you, they just feel like, well, he's yeah. just a worker like we are. Well, you know. We've got experience in life, too, yeah. and, and a lot of these guys are younger or, you know, need some help in some way. And, and a lot of times it's not money or anything like that. It's just yep. guidance. Yeah. And uh, if I can if I can help a guy that's on my crew busting his tail, I'm going to do everything I can. Sure. You know, and um, that's just part of the job. Oh, yeah. And I learned that from John. You know, yeah. he was good. Yeah. He was really good. He was a good guy. And I think that... Uh, you got to you got to learn from those things. And oh yeah. See how like he'll light up a room. Like the guys will come in. And, hey, you know, and and that's what you want. You right. want them to be having a good time while they're working. You know, and and it's not all sweat and grind every day. Sometimes right. you know when you're washing up equipment, you cut up. You you just you just you gotta be able to balance it. Right. And um, with what we do and what we pay, you know, it's. It's life, man. You know, we're we're just doing a job when yeah. it comes down to it. But you know, if you enjoy it and you and you and you really want to do well, it's going to show. Yeah. So what is what was the biggest challenge you you faced or felt like was for you coming from F Florida to here uh, in a completely different environment? And you touched on the fact that you are growing grass mm -hmm. pretty much 12 months out of the year down there. What is the one thing that you had to sort of learn on the job and, and kind of get a hold of? 
it's probably the dormancy factor, you know, yeah. spraying Roundup on dormant turf and <laughs> pulling the trigger on it, you yeah. know, and then everybody's like, oh, it's okay, you know, okay, all right, I'm going to do it. And um, <laughs> still don't feel yeah, too Yeah, still don't it. feel good, you know, the lighter rates, whatever. And um, the diseases are different, you know, spring dead spot was one that that first year I was here, I, I kind of got caught a little bit. Uh, the greens were three years old. Um, I started in March of 2015 and then, uh, 16, I had some spring dead spot because I didn't time my apps right, right. you know, and, um, it wasn't bad. It grew out and actually 16 turned out to be a really good year for my greens. I, had, I was really firm and I had good roots, but you know, just spring dead spots one, um, weed management is a little different, um, just the the area that we're in the yeah. soils uh i got a lot of clay he did cap everything most everything with uh the masonry sand which is another factor that i have um when we do airification our greens are sand but they're also there's rock in there you know and there's quite a bit of gravel and this smaller you know gravel that comes with the masonry sand sure and so when we airify we've got gravel everywhere and uh, I use a blower and I try and get everything off the green um, and and kind of sifted down into the 419 on the outsides. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure what to expect the first time I airified, but, you know, you just kind of windrow it off there and, you know, the, the blades take a beating. I've on the same reels, though, for yeah. five years now. Um, it's was that a <laughs> construction choice, just that was what was available, or how, how did that come to be? It was available. Yeah. It's quite concrete. They're going to use the sand. And it, it's fine. I mean, sure. over the years, I mean, I'm able to grow Bermuda's grass. Tough. It is. It really is. Yeah. And Mini Verde, I'm used to it. Yeah. I think it's a little bit stronger of an ultra dwarf, in my opinion. Um, I've, I've managed Eagle, and I've heard everybody complain about Champion. So, yeah, <laughs> it's it, – they're – They're all – I mean, they again, it, I mean, again, it goes back to, like, you know, just – the basics you know you got to keep your head you yeah. know like don't go too far yeah. you know it, it's it's one two three not seven eight nine ten you know it's yeah. it's nutrients you know your your moisture levels and and your soils and you got to airify you yeah. got to get air in there you got to relieve compaction so you just got to do it you know it's going to be hard and and the guys are going to complain and then you're going to sweat a lot and and that's another thing is I got to do it. You know, yeah. I'm getting an assistant here in a week and a half, though. And uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited to to grow the profession and hopefully, uh, you know, he'll he'll take that and, and move on and and be better than me. Yeah. You know, and I'm excited. This is going to be my first assistant ever. You know, I've never had an assistant and uh, I'm willing I'm ready to teach him everything and, and we're ready to move the, the club forward. Um, but you know, going back to growing grass, I mean, it, it, you're li you're right. It's Bermuda grass. Yeah. It. I mean, it was mine was underwater 21 days, in uh, in February. And, wow. And it's still alive. It's doing really good. Yeah. You know, it actually uh, came out of dormancy really fast because of that moisture. And um, like you said, you just it it can take a beating and you just gotta ride it. You know, you're out there every day. You kind of see the ups and downs, the drying and the and the and the moisture levels you just you just gotta feel it it's, yeah. it's a feel thing you know that i mean yeah. it really is 
So how's the irrigation system? You got to you do you worry too much about the irrigation? I mean, is it mostly centered around the greens? What what are you dealing with as far as the irrigation? A lot of it's centerline irrigation. Sure. Um, so on the outsides, it's it's dry and they're okay with that. It's yeah. natural and, and you know I can maintain it. Um, but yeah, the green moisture. I mean, I'm trying to keep it at a certain level. Um, I have certain greens that dry out more than others, just like yeah. everybody else. Um, they tried to incorporate peat with the uh, the sand that I was talking about, and there's some really heavy spots of that. Right. And there's also some clay spots on the greens. <laughs> so it's 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 all about the moisture management and um, wetting agents yeah. and, uh, you know, using using what you have. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, really keeping an eye on them on a daily basis, you got to. That was one of the things that, yeah, being as a superintendent, you're always looking at things when you're out at a new place. And that was the one thing I said to myself, when I was kind of walking around and playing the golf courses, man, how does he manage the green moisture with so many slopes? I mean, Bermuda, in my experience, I mean, it sheds water faster mm -hmm. than it infiltrates. So you, you're really not, I mean, you, are you spending a lot of time hand watering like wetting agents? I know have got to be huge, but yep. on those slopes and undulations, um, how big of a challenge is that to make sure that you're monitoring? Cause you lose grass. I mean, it's tough either patching it or, I mean, mm -hmm. it's not really growing back if you lose it. Yeah. Um, wedding agents just schedule, like I use revolution. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm sure there's some better products now, but I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, I don't go full rate. I go every 21 days and, um, it's kind of more consistent and you're right on my slopes. Some of those, they dry out, especially number four. And I, I've been doing most of the cup cutting right now, and I just have a hose with me. And as I cut cups, I water as needed. And we're in a dry spell right yeah. now, which is kind of nice playability-wise, but it's also a headache for me because you've got to keep riding, right. you know. And, and you know, you got your hose, and you just you just do it. Yep. Yeah. And there's no there's no excuse other than than you know just getting off your ass. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You just got to go. You got to. So talk a little bit about your crew. You said you're having a, um, an assistant come on. How, how many do you, staff do you got? What time are you starting? What's play look like for you? Because, I mean, that to one more and some stuff, you're obviously, you know, you're obviously doing things in and around play and mm -hmm. different things. And, and I, I'm assuming y'all guys are open seven days a week too. So oh, yeah. you don't get many days to shut down and do what mm -hmm. you need to do. So talk a little bit about that challenge for you. Well, right now, let's see, I've, I've hired a lot of guys in the last week. <laughs> well, that's nice. So, you know, they're still green. I'm trying to teach them. But um, right now I have Andrew, my mechanic. I have a new guy. I just hired Joe. I have a new guy. I just hired Jack. I have a new guy I hired about, oh, no, this week, Derek. So there's four. And then I have one guy that is, is not working right now, but um, that's another story. He's really good, but he's, you know, life sure. happens. Sure. And uh, Steve uh, has been there two months, so there's five, and Jacob. So now, right now, I have six guys. Um, in the past, it's been four. Yeah. Um, at the most, five. And, you know, that fluctuates, you know, with turnover. Um as far as are those all full-time are they going to be on are you 
Uh, right now they're full time. We'll see. You know, like we're just we're still, you know, going. But yep. they're full time. Yep. Um, and let's see. As far as getting out in the mornings, um, I can get the greens mowed in three hours. A newer guy takes three and a half to four. So. You know, most of the time we start at 6.30. If it's going to be a shotgun or, or something, that you know, early play, like this weekend, you know, we'll get there at 6. Yeah. And just to make sure we stay in front of the golf. Um, rolling the greens is the funnest job. Uh, oh, I could only imagine. I'm the only one that knows how to roll right now. Uh, Andrew can a little bit. Um, I like to roll top dressing in too, dry. Yeah. I get a little freedom on that side of it, you know, like – I'm going to throw the sand out and you're going to play golf on that sand until I get it rolled in. Yeah. Instead of, hey, man, there's it rolls just fine. Most golfers don't even complain, but being at private clubs in the past, if that had happened. Oh yeah. I know all about I'm that. I'm getting I'm I'm getting ridiculed yeah. left and right. But, you know, so I do have a little bit of freedom, sure. you know, and Rob is good like that. He he trusts me enough to let me do my job properly right. and stuff like that. But, yeah, I really try and stay ahead of the play. Rolling takes about four hours, and that's every square foot. Um, you know, with our greens, you really have to – I mean, we've got a speed roller, um, so you got the drive, and you got to keep that on the low. And some of these you really got to massage in one direction, yeah. turn the mower around, go another direction, you know. So it takes yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, but on a weekend, you know, I'll just kind of hit the flat areas. Sure. Go to the next. Um, it is a it is a challenge to stay in front of play if you're really trying to do everything correct. Yeah. Um, you know, with the bunkers too, we've got so much of that. It's with the larger crew, it's been a help because we've got more more hands on deck, and you know we're gonna get two sand pros with the new leagues. It's yeah. gonna be huge. So we'll be able to stay in front of play with ease. Right. But right now, it is it is a chore. I know the the uh, the answer to this question because you never have enough people or or money. Uh -huh. But what is sort of the goal that you see for where you want to try to do that fits in with the business model of your new ownership and all that and getting you what you need? Do you you see it settling in at somewhere around seven to eight guys and assistant and mechanic and and all that, or do you you still see some growth there? I think uh, with what we have now, um, six to seven guys that includes an assistant and mechanic will be fine. Yeah. Um, moving forward, adding a putting green and then there's possibility of adding more golf holes too, or like a par three course or like similar to the cradle, yeah. uh, over in Pinehurst. So that's, that's up in the air. That might be a few years down the road, but yeah, if that happens, we might have to take on a couple more. Um, but, uh, I feel comfortable with the number we're at now. <laughs> I only have three carts right now. And, uh, so I've got to, I've got to play around that. Yeah. I've got to tag team jobs or, you know, make sure that, you know, I'm using equipment that need, you know, that you've got to sure. work with that. Um, but, but come August, that'll all change and, uh, we'll be able to really hone it in. And, um, I really, I think moving forward, I really want to, uh, concentrate on a more natural native look instead of the broad leaves that are, that are really popping right, right. now. And, and you know, I'm right, I have a bush hog. <laughs> I, I mow everything with a bush hog, and it's kind of tough to get around some of the lake banks. So I really want to. I want to try and uh, work on keeping those a little cleaner and 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 um, 
easier to maintain down yeah. the road. And it, I've got trees growing in spots, and you know, it's just everyone says that uh, native areas are really easy to maintain, but uh, I'll show you different. Yeah, um, no kidding. Uh, but like I said, I, I'm not I'm not one to complain much. No. I'm just I'm just trying to to have a golf course that people want to come play and enjoy yeah how much can you talk about the uh can you talk about the new owners and the new ownership and sort of how their involvement is and what uh what their sort of game plan is for moving forward can you talk a little bit about that yeah um well we've got quite a few um i'm not exactly sure on everything sure but uh the friday before the ringer i met with peyton manning um mark rivers uh, Tom Nolan and Andy Roddick and and uh, Rob and there was one other. I'm sorry, I uh, <laughs> I'm not great with names. Um, but we all kind of walked the property, yeah. and we discussed uh, some things that that we wanted to do down the road and immediate. Um, and I think. Yeah, again, I'm the superintendent. My view could be totally different than what nurse is. <laughs> We're yeah. not going to hold you to anything. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> um, but uh, we have a barn on property, and I think in the future that barn is going to be involved in some type of whiskey Uh you know we're right here on 24 and if you keep going yeah. your way so maybe a little bit of breaking news maybe i don't know <laughs> i have no idea yeah. you know again that's yeah. just talk right yeah. now um there's nothing that has been done that i know about sure. um and and again i'm just the guy maintaining the property i like to call myself the uh the property manager, yeah. you know, well, don't so, sell yourself short, man. I know, I, I, but still, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I want them to tell me what they want, and I want to do it yeah. the way they want to do it, and that, then that's it. But, but going back to that, we walked the property. We got this barn. We've got some land to work with. So I think the thought is to start with a putting green, um, incorporate a social area. I, I don't know if you know number nine green, but mm -hmm. You know, there's kind of a backstop back there, and we're going like, to – I envision – now, this is just me. This is, nothing's happened yet. They're still drawing the plan. Right. So I envision, like, a deck coming out where the cart path comes up the hill. Imagine that cart path gone and just kind of a deck area up there where you can banter back and forth with the people playing number nine. Right. And, and then, so creating like a social right now, we're going to do like a social area with what I think is like a state park theme where it's, it's maybe there's a pavilion or something. I don't know. And, and, you know, just, just an area with some picnic tables and some, some charcoal grills. If you want to, right. if you want to grill out kind of a hangout spot and sure. then, and then a putting green that wraps where the clubhouse was originally going to be built wraps through there and into number one T that's now. And then in the future, possible cradle type par three course, um, who knows, you know, from there, maybe cabins, you know, maybe intertwine it with some walking paths that go like from this to that, and, you know, just kind of weave in and in and out. Yeah. I, I like to tell people, it's going to be like an adult playground, <laughs> you know, especially yeah. if you put whiskey in there. You oh, know, sure. it's, it's, uh, 
we'll see. You know, again, I I don't know what's going to happen, but yep. you know, my mind's one thing, and Rob's could be another, and Andy's could be another, and Peyton could say, "Hey, I like this," and you know, yeah. So there's a lot of minds together, and we just got to figure out what we want going forward. Yeah. And when they say, "Yeah, this is what we want," then it's time to move. Sure. Well, that's so, going to be how it probably yeah. happens. I mean, it's yeah. just come out of nowhere. Yeah. How did, so how did the how did the new owners how did that all come to be is there a a story behind that or is i'm sure rob had a lot to do with uh maybe in, in you know in some involvement with that but do you know a little bit about how all that came out or well we struggled um with funds yeah. early on just keeping the place running um rob's been uh vocal about that too publicly and sure. um you know we the first two or three years were tough, and I think Rob was really trying to uh, find someone, you know, that would come in and, and you know, kind of give us a little bit of a push. Well, he didn't own the property, so nobody wanted to touch it. You know, it was Sequatchie Concretes, and uh, Rob was able to make a deal with Sequatchie and purchase the property. That's and, huge. And when that happened, um, Mark Rivers, um, uh, who works with Skip Bronson, um, came in, and, and, and he's been a huge help. Um, obviously, he knows a lot of people, and I think he made a lot of phone calls for us. Yeah. And, and they're div- I don't know everything about it. You know, I, I've, I'm just the guy growing the grass i understand but uh i've been there (laughs) but you know the way i see it is is he got some names and 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 you know i'm sure they i i don't want to go too far with this because i'm not i'm not a hundred percent sure yeah but i do know that peyton's come out and played golf twice yeah i saw a video he posted here pretty recently on twitter yeah and andy's come out and he's played twice and mark's been there a lot more often yeah and mark has been a huge help with 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 getting everything snowballing and our revenue is up huge sure um i rob showed me something where our our we were up 234% in April from last year. Yeah. And and we have been growing since we started, but with this new ownership it's been like bam, yeah. you know, it's it's been lightning in a bottle. And and with Peyton, you know, with the course being in Tennessee, I mean, gosh, just his name alone has yeah, been huge. gigantic. Yeah. Everybody asks me now like, "Hey, is Peyton there?" Or, of course, I'm not going to tell them, yeah. you know, but uh he's he's publicly showing that he's at Sweetens uh. Cove, which is a good sign for us, and 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 it's just kind of neat having him. You know, yeah. he's I'm a Tennessee fan, and like the guy's absolute legend, yeah. and um, and funny. I mean, he is he's got a good sense of humor. So it <laughs> it's uh, it's early, and the future looks bright, and I'm I'm just ready to go. I'm chomping at the bit. Yeah, well, I can see it on your face. I mean, you're uh, you know to struggle and to have all the different things mm-hmm. that you've kind of dealt with over the years and and now you've got sort of new lease on life and yeah. new lease on equipment and all you know it sounds like a lot of things are moving in the in the sweetened cove in your direction and i mean that's yeah you got to be excited about the yeah. future and 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 you know i know probably to me our industry doesn't use social media as much as we should i, I mean this is a new platform for podcasting and certain things but Guys, uh, if there's, you know, guys are not using it like they can, well, 
Sweden's Cove is maximizing, is, and they probably could do a lot more. But you guys are doing a wonderful job, you know, getting exposure, getting your name out there, develop, you know, doing your own marketing, branding. And it's good to see because that that's a huge piece of the puzzle to get – I mean, you're in, we're in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, it's not just it's not just close to anything, you know. And you've got to get people to come here. Right. And and you, that had a plan, and there was a there. Were, I'm sure there were things that were thought about and and talked about many years ago that are now starting to sort of hit that stride. And you know, for you guys, you and Rob and everybody, man, that's got to be exciting. Yeah, I think Rob and I both. You know, we we didn't see this coming yeah. at all. Um, but we put everything we had into it. And, um, you know, it's like what we're talking about with our job. It's, it's like getting in there and, and, you know, fixing that irrigation issue. That's so tough. You just keep going and you, and you get there. And, um, that was a big moment. And, um, but a lot of that's Rob, you know, with that social media stuff you're talking about, I yeah. mean, he pumped social media early yeah. and he just kept going. And then, you know, he would, he would call people and, and different publications, journalists. Um, I, I, I mean, you'd have to ask him, but I mean, he was, he was on his phone a lot. Yeah. And early I was just like, Oh, this guy's on his phone again. You know, like <laughs> what is he doing? Oh, yeah. this social media. Well, it works, yeah, it you works. know, it does. And I was one of those like, Oh yeah. Okay. Why don't I'm going to go over here and work while you guys are on your phones. Yeah. Well, they were doing more work than I was yeah. because they kept it alive. Um, he and Patrick, Patrick our, our, was our general manager for a long time and did a great job. He's in the, the club making business now doing well for himself. Sure. And um, Patrick was the same way and, 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 you know, posting good pictures, um, um, positives, you know, like, even, you know, in our business, you, you can get bogged down whenever things aren't going bad yeah. or, or aren't going good. And you just, you've got to stay positive and, and show the bright spots yeah. instead of the, oh gosh, another maintenance you know it, nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> of course there's going to be maintenance nightmares. That's our job. That's why we have, have jobs. Um, but uh, going back to that, Rob was really good with social media. Patrick was really good with social media. Patrick was really good with meeting people that were coming for the first time, giving them a rundown, and talking to them about golf. Sure. He was a really – he's a golf nerd. Both of them are. And um, they just – they did well. Yeah. And, and, it sh and we're reaping the benefits now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with, with these guys coming in um, – we're going to continue it and um i'm just going to try and make the golf course as fun as possible yeah i got a funny story and and rob he might if he listens to this or you share it with him and he may remember this but i came down with a, a group of buddies of mine one time and about seven holes six or seven holes into it I'm Rob and I, I re reached out to him uh, via social media mm -hmm. from the golf course. And I, I said, what is the nine hole course record? And he responded back to me within a few minutes and said it was like 28 or something like that. And I don't know if it is still not, but I'm not sure, but I was playing with a guy that threw five holes with seven under par. Wow. It was the most unreal thing. And he came to the last hole. He made a bogey on eight, I think it was. I, I, might, I may not be telling the story right, but he came to the last hole with an opportunity to tie what was then at the time. The And Rob filmed it on Periscope. 
and we were it was all live and he ended up i think one back or i think he shot six under but it, it sort of stalled out i i think we might have chirped too early but he he had a, he knocked it in from the fairway he had a, another eagle it was the most unreal thing i've ever seen and we're just witnessing you know a round of golf i was like i gotta sit back and yeah, watch this and so we were crazy. out there going on i was like and so it, if he remembers that as with this you know i'm the guy that was with him when the, when we uh saw that so it was a lot of fun to witness that i mean i'm it was it was like watching someone just in a surreal moment of just perfection yeah and i was like wow it's like that no hitter yeah. perfect game yeah uh yeah. yeah um i've seen a lot of that um a lot of hole-in-ones witnessed yeah um we had back-to-back hole-in-ones in a in a high school golf tournament two girls hit back-to-back hole-in-ones yeah I mean, there was two balls in the cup, you know, on number nine, you know. You've in got the same group. In the same group, back wow. to back. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I saw, uh, shoot, he was back 10 or 11 years old on number four. I'm over there doing some drainage work just left of the green, and Sned's tour comes through, and kid hits a hole-in-one on number four, you know. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. And I think that that's, that's the fun factor that we really like to – to talk about um where we got the backstops you got two opportunities to knock it in one going forward and one coming back you know and um strategically do you kind of know what the ball does so you kind of plan that from a whole location standpoint absolutely yeah 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 there's a lot on nine there's also a lot on number four number five's got backstops all over it um eight's a tough green (laughs) it's a really tough green seven's a tough green so you know those aren't examples but um Two, the front pin on two. I mean, gosh, I've almost hit a hole in one on that hole from yeah. the blue tee with yeah. my driver. Firm day like it is today, bombed it over the right bunker. I saw it carom down towards the green, and here comes a ball up the slope, and I was six inches away yeah. for an eagle. Wow. Yeah, so when it's firm, this place plays awesome. Yeah. And, and – you gotta you gotta get out there and enjoy it when it's like that because man you can you can shoot some good numbers sure. um, because a lot of the greens they look really hard but they're receptive yeah. and if you play the right shot you're, you're going to be rewarded. So the million dollar question: What do you what do you stamp the greens at, or do you worry too much about it? Do you have any you know you keep them at a certain speed? I haven't used my stint meter in two years. Yeah, good you know, for you. And I, I've <laughs> Burn that thing. <laughs> I know, I know. I've, I've, I read something on social media recently about uh, some guy. I don't know where this was, but some guy came out uh, on on the superintendent's golf course on the putting green and, and broke out his, his own stint meter. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, what? that has nothing to do with the golf. I mean, golf is all feel when it comes to putting. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want to get them too fast, sure. you know. And I and I'm out there a lot, you know. I'm watching people play, and I'm seeing how the ball's bouncing and rolling out. And uh, there's some some pins out there that are really tough. Yeah. And number six in particular, that uh, whole front left side of that green. If you're long, putting down towards the water there, yeah. and they're running too quick, you'll put it in the water. Yeah. You know, and you can't do anything about it. So I don't want to get it to that point. Right. But I think. If you really wanted a stimp number, I think 10 to 11 is really fast for us. Sure. If I can keep them at a 10 to a 9, they're they're going to they're going to be fine, yeah. you know. Um and with Bermuda, you're grainy uphill, so a lot of people are, "Oh man, that's slow." I'm like, "Well, that's uphill yeah. in in the into the grain 
on Bermuda grass greens. And yeah. that's when I'm saying uphill, that's really uphill, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, down grain, it's the exact opposite. And I try and do a lot of verticutting and eliminating grain, but with those greens, it's tough. Yeah. Um, sand's your best friend, though, when it comes to, to, to smooth rolls, in my opinion. You know, sand is the best thing ever. Yeah. Especially if you get the proper USGA you know, uh, top dressing sand. I yeah. mean, it just, it fills your voids and it creates better rolls. It's a nightmare on mechanic. But again, just like I'm talking about with superintendents, I mean, his job's to keep that thing sharp, you know, and, yeah. and, and I'm going to sand if I need to. Yeah. And, and, and that's always a delicate balance. It is. And, and there's some guys that, that hate it, yeah. you know, and, and, but there's some guys, you know, going back to the crew, you know, you just you just tell them like, look, man, this is what I have to do to maintain my golf course properly. Yeah, I'm not trying to make your job tough. I'm just doing what we need to do to keep having a yeah. job. You know, and and if you can if you can sell that, then you're better off. But yeah, mechanics hate sand. Every single I don't one know of one. Them, that they, I don't know one that does. They hate it, and and in our situation, we only have one set of reels, so it's it's even yeah. harder. Um, I'm never going to go out real heavy yeah. unless I airify. But then I'm letting them sit for weeks, you know, sometimes until I get the mower out. And, yep. and that's fine, you know. And, and But, yeah, that is a, a touchy subject. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think you really have to do it with sure. Bermuda. Absolutely. You have to. So what are some things you like to do outside of uh, – being engulfed and being the superintendent at Sweden's Co. What are some of the things Brent gets to do when you're not working? Oh, downtime. What's that? Yeah. Um, well, this time of year, it's a, probably a crazy question, but what? No, I mean, you got Bermuda I, I, though. It's a. I know. I've been there. I mean, Bermuda in the summer is like, man, let it ride. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. As long as your moisture levels are okay, yep. you're fine. Yep. Um, I, I'm a sports fan. Um, I love watching football and baseball, uh, even golf. I play a lot of golf. Yeah. Um. You know, it's you're around it so much. Golf becomes a little bit. Uh, it's I still have the the love for the game. Sure. You know, and and I've actually gotten better. The those first few years at Sweden's were tough because I was, you know, I don't know. It was just a tough time. But um, yeah, yeah. I love playing golf. I'll play some poker. Um, love some hold'em. And nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll uh. I've played in a few tournaments up in Cherokee WSOP events. It's 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 a mind game. I yeah. love that about it. Um, my wife doesn't like it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I'm not crazy by any means. Yeah. I'm not a huge gambler, but I'm telling you, I just there's something about that game. It's it's just the mind frame that you have to be in, and uh, it's 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 awesome to yeah. me. And uh, being outdoors, yeah. uh, kayaking, hiking. Um, like to camp. Um, I love to travel. Don't get to travel enough, but yeah. love to travel. Want to get to Scotland one day and play some golf over there. Um, you know, I've been to I've been to England, Brighton, London, um, Canterbury, beautiful cathedral there. Um, yeah, when I get older, I really want to do a lot of traveling. Yeah. Um, but uh, family, you know, I've got. Uh, a niece and nephew in near Huntsville in Athens, Alabama, and, and my nephew, he's uh, he's nine now and he's getting into the league baseball. And sure, oh, he he can spit stats to me. <laughs> I, I 
you know, he's in the baseball car collecting like I was. I was huge into that when I was yeah. a kid. And I mean, this kid knows like averages of like the the backup second baseman for the Orioles or something. <laughs> and and uh but but yeah, just just those things. Um clear my head music, you know, just downtime, yeah. calm, you know. <laughs> no phone. <laughs> I, I hear you. Well, what's the one piece of advice that sort of you've gotten over the years that you sort of could share with someone that's maybe in our industry or that you've kind of latched on to? Is there a piece of advice or some sort of thing, book you might have read or something that sort of helped along the way? Uh, it's probably my toughest question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it's just in life, you know, uh, the older you get, the more you realize, like, you know, just – don't take anything for granted yeah. and, and work for what you want. Um, and I, 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 I love what I do. You know, my job is, is, is something that I enjoy. And if you can find that early on, I, I, I think to the, to the 15, the 16, the 17 year olds out there, I think, uh, you try and figure out what you want to do with your life early on. Yeah. And I think you'll be better off. Um, for me, it took a long while. Um, you know, I was 23, 24 years old when I got to North Carolina. Yeah. So I got a late start. But if you can kind of, I don't know, just don't take life for granted and, and, and really work for what you want. I think those are two things that uh, people need to live by and, and respect other people. Try and try and um, put yourself in their shoes and understand their point of view. Sure. Um, and, and it will, it will help you too, because you understand where they're coming from and, and people have different opinions on everything. Oh, yeah. And, and we as a country really need to understand that. And, and, you know, <laughs> I don't want to get into politics, but you know, <laughs> we if, don't go down that road much. <laughs> uh-uh, we shouldn't. Um, but people need to work together a little more yeah. and, 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 and agree with that. Just stop. I think don't always be out for yourself, you know, help someone else every once in a while sure. and, and take that time. It'll make you feel better too. Yep. And, uh, you know, enjoy your life. You know, you, you don't live forever. Yep. Well, the premise of this podcast is to not only get guys in the green industry and in our industry, some, uh, exposure to learn about guys. I, I love sitting down, meeting you, n new people, and interviewing, talking about what's going on in their life, uh, getting things out. Uh, when this goes live, people know a lot more about you than they ever did. But it's also the making the turn uh, concept came from the golf. Uh, you know, you play nine holes, you make the turn. That was sort of the, the idea behind it. Mm -hmm. And I've shared this concept. It, it's sort of a metaphor for life. I mean, you can have a bad – first half or not know exactly how the day is going to go and finish strong and that's all about making that turn that's and true. having a different mindset and so i think you're spot on with you know if you don't got it all figured out right now you know keep working towards something that's going to make you happy enjoy your life you you know in our business especially being a superintendent you got to be you got to enjoy it mm -hmm. it's not a it'll it is a profession that'll swallow you whole if you don't and it's oh, yeah. just a lot of heartache and long days and difficult, you know, especially with mother nature, you just never know what's right. going to happen and, you know, dealing with different personalities. So for sure, I, I think it's, uh, you know, those types of things are an awesome, um, sort of insight into, you know, just life in general and, and where you're going. So I think that people will gravitate towards that. And, and you're a, 
man, you got you got your head on straight. You got a, a great place. Uh, it's been a pleasure to sit down and, and yeah. chat with you. We've we've already rocked out an uh, an hour, and I didn't and even seem, know it seemed like it goes yeah. by that quick. But uh, um, best wishes to you and Sweetens Cove and Rob and and everything you got going. I, I, the future looks bright, and and for people that are listening to this, I hope they get to know a little bit more about you. I, I'd love to encourage you to uh, you know reach out and to me or to. You know, guys, and I don't know if you go to the Middle Tennessee or the East Tennessee, but those are, you know, those are places that you know they they could they could uh, benefit by you showing up and giving your story and chatting and and I'd it's like all good stuff. I need to do more uh, with that, and you know, with getting Cody in and having some more time, maybe yep. I can, especially in the winter. Yeah, there's no excuse really. Um, I I need to I need to reach out more and. Um, yeah, that that that's only beneficial. Yeah. Um, I, I I plan on doing that, and I I I thank you for interviewing me, man. I, I enjoyed it. Man, it was nice good. talking to you. Well, it was an awesome time. Uh, tell everybody where they can follow you on social media. I always will push it out. I I'll send this out on Twitter and and the various LinkedIn's and stuff like that. But give everybody where they can follow you if you want some new subscribers. We, I get man, um, I'm getting about an I'm averaging about a little over a hundred people listening to an episode, and that's. For a small one that's just started, it's not bad, and, no. and so we're we're growing every day, and so you'll get you'll get some people that'll maybe reach out to you and say hello and and uh, maybe follow you. But uh, tell everybody where you can follow you, and then uh, you know, we can give out the Sweetens Cove and whatever mm-hmm. other you know opportunities on social media. I think with uh, my main thing is Twitter. Yeah. Um, I, I post pictures on there quite a bit, and uh, I think my handle is Brent Robertson one one. That's B R E N T R O B E R S O N one one, and then Sweetens Cove is a great follow, and that's at Sweetens Cove. Yep. Um, yeah, and that's that's about it. I'm on Facebook, but that, I'm not on there sure. a lot. Um, I think if if I had to say anything to the public, superintendent, the guy that's trying to grow the game, um, really cater toward your towards your audience you know if you know that you're having a tournament when they're just out there having fun make it easy on them and uh you know if if i can if i can help anybody um please don't hesitate to contact me um i i I would like to do that and i'm not i don't know everything i I, by (laughs) no means i am i am am i gonna say that i do but you know, if you're in a floodplain or, or, you know, your golf course has some issues, you have many Verde Bermuda greens, um, just call me. I don't mind at all. And, uh, yeah, thanks again. Well, that's awesome, and it's a great, uh, great way to end the podcast. If, if you're listening, please go um, rate it, share it, uh, subscribe on iTunes. We're available on pretty much any uh, – wherever you listen to your podcast, Google Play, stitcher spotify so all of them so um man i appreciate you doing this thanks again we'll, we'll do it again at some point catch up and find out what what's all new and down the road but um thanks thanks for sitting down with me yeah thank you bj all right man that's it for the podcast this is making the turn i'm your host bj parker until next time we'll talk to you soon mm-hmm.